Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, listeners. It's Friday, January 31st, and we are bringing you our 13th episode of the UCLA Men's Basketball Podcast as part of the Believe Podcast Network and Art19. We're your hosts, David and Travis Ware, and we have a great show for you in store today. So, last night in Poly Pavilion up in Westwood, UCLA probably got its marquee or its best win of the season in beating Colorado um, 72-68. to My brother and I were both in attendance for the game. Uh, it was really exciting. You know, it was a great atmosphere and the UCLA Bruins came to play and um, defeating the top 20 team in, in the country is no easy feat, but uh, the Bruins came ready to play and you could definitely see the energy um, from the jump. Yeah, I think coming into this game, the uh, the key for, for us was just to play a consistent 40 minutes. And I know uh, at one point in the first half, when we were up, I think, uh, 11 points at one point, I, uh, I turned to you and I said... You know we can't take our foot off the pedal because this is a this is an older Buffalo team, an older Colorado team, yeah, veteran veteran oriented group, juniors and seniors. So they're, they're always going to stick around. Yeah, the, and this is kind of their mo all year long. Is they just play a consistent forty minutes. They they play their style no matter what. They don't get too rattled, um, and, and and that's what we saw kind of in this in the second half. Is we can't, we well we had a twelve point lead at halftime, and then about with. Three only minutes. only three minutes into the second half, uh, the Buffaloes cut, cut that cut that in half, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you have a game, and you know UCLA has struggled to score most of the year, so that comes into play, and that's in the back of their mind. But UCLA played solid. They 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 played really solid. I thought we were super focused and definitely um, followed our scouting reports well. I mean, we were able to go back there as, as former players and um, sit right behind the bench and watch the uh, uh, watch the game and really listen to Coach Cronin and listen to the players communicate. It was good to see, uh, especially on the defensive end, uh, when they were in front of us, just hearing guys on the bench yell out coverages. For example, like Bay, who is arguably one of their better, one yeah. of their best players, you know, he really liked to face up. So you're constantly hearing guys on the bench like, he's looking to face up, crowd him, crowd him, crowd him. It was, and- it was definitely apparent that these players knew their scouting report and knew what the other players' tendencies were. I also enjoyed, I mean, Mick Cronin's a very vocal coach and sitting that close to the floor, you're able to hear how he communicates with his players. He's very talkative. He's almost talking on every single possession, telling players where to go. Um, as a player, I'm not sure if that's a you know good or bad. Sometimes I just like the freedom of just playing and not having to hear a coach all game. But mm-hmm. um, overall, I think he orchestrated a, a very well-coached game, and the team was definitely prepared. So props to Cronin, props to the Bruins for coming out and you know 
getting a huge victory. And this was this wasn't easy because when you look at some of the numbers, for example, um, they shot forty two percent from the field. We shot thirty nine percent from the field, and we roughly shot about the same from the three point line. But um, for a Buffalo team that has some big time rebounders, we out rebounded them by 10, 29 to thirty nine. So that really helped us give us some extra much needed possessions. Yeah, and uh, you know we were able to capitalize on them. They have big time rebounders, but they have undersized rebounders. Yeah. in my opinion, I think our size definitely gave them issues. Yeah, we. Saw, I mean, look, we saw, and this is something we've been kind of echoing all year long: is a guy like Chris Smith. Uh, leading us in rebounds with with nine and then Jaime coming in and getting seven when you have guys like you know Jalen Hill and Cody Riley uh, battling on the boards uh, sealing their biggest guys and and trying to keep those guys off the boards and then we have our night you know our our athletic long wings coming in cleaning up the glass that's that helps out a lot and um, you know big shout out to Chris Smith again you know his career high 30 points nine rebounds three steals um you know, he was one for three from three point line, but he was thirteen for fifteen from the free throw line. I, I think the biggest thing with Chris this year is his consistency. Obviously, we saw him struggle a little He's bit. He's been or, more, or but, but okay, but he has been more consistent than inconsistent. If okay. that makes sense, he he's been consistently good. Yeah, he's rather, just, he's yeah, just had he's, a, a couple letdowns here and there. But you know what? But games like the Oregon game, he's had a couple other games where I think you know he had six points against uh, um, where was it? maybe Washington? No, it wasn't Washington State. I can't remember okay. what game. Regar- regardless, though, you compare what his body of work this year compared to his body of work last year, and it's night and day. Yeah. Granted, he still has room for improvement. I want like. I think this is a guy who's a who's if he was able to there's just games where he shoots five four or five shots yeah and then this game he has 16 shots he gets to the line 15 times yeah. like that super aggressive to, attacking the rim but that's ten, that that was last night he yeah. needs to do that every single game because yeah. if he did that every single game with his with his size and length and athleticism yeah I think he, you know he'd be a French first round first round pick yeah in my opinion because of his skill set and the position that he plays I also I would also like to see him for a guy who's shooting because where well hang on where he's at right now you look at him and you say well he might test the waters and he might you know go work out for a few teams but I think everyone's believes at this point that he's going to return for his senior year and i think i don't that, think I, so i think he I, I don't think he's going to return i think he's going to go see i don't think that'd be smart because i think if with the talent ucla has coming in next year if he was to stay and be a cornerstone piece on let's say i don't know i'm gonna I'm a shoot for the moon a, a top 25 team in the nation i think he would you know help himself out a little bit I agree, but I still think. Well, you just. What do you mean? You. I I agree that he should stay, but I don't okay. think he's going to. This is a, he tested the waters last year. Generally, you don't test the waters and stay another two years. I think he's. I think he goes after this year. I think he's had some. He's bit. I think he has some big games. He's had created a little bit of buzz about him because yeah. of his skill set and his size and him being a th- a wing at the next. I mean, level. he sh- he has shown flashes of mm-hmm. being an NBA player. Okay, no I mean, doubt. But the consistency, like you said, that you've been harping on, I mean, it and just begs the question whether he should just say. The biggest thing for me, too, is 
his ability to facilitate yeah. needs to be a little better too. I think he's so effective right now because we don't have guys who can really create their own shot and, and score at the end of the shot clock when we yeah. need a bucket. He's kind of our go-to guy. I don't like the way he hesitates on open threes. He all he see, that seems to be his. Well, he he, a, he a, wants an afterthought. To, it, well, for he him. he wants to put the ball. It, it, from watching him, he prefers to put the ball on the ground and create in the, you know, the mid the mid post. To he likes to, it. He wants to get right. He yeah. wants to get right. He and then if, the if that's cut off, he wants to get a little spin back fadeaway yeah. jumper. Okay. I would love for him just like if he was open at three, he just shoot just just shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Like Chris, just shoot the ball. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's a thirty five percent three point yeah, shooter, so he's shoot not a bad ball. shooter. Like, he's I don't mind him. I don't mind seeing three like three point shots from him that he misses. I just want to, want to see him consistently shoot those shots when he's open. What I did like though that I also saw was his three steals. Just because yeah. he was using his and they were all and I think two like, two of them were like on ball steals. Yeah, they were, on ball, one on one defense. Yeah, which was good. He just had quick hands, uh, guarding you know guarding smaller, quicker guys, and he had a nice block as well. Um, also, I thought Jaime. It was really apparent that well, Jaime got in foul trouble in the in the first. Yeah, he um, finished with four fouls, but he also he but he finished the game with thirteen points and seven rebounds yeah. and. He's a guy that when you are watching him play, he just plays hard and he gives a consistent effort. He plays hard and he's just one of those guys that seems to always kind of have a knack for the ball and a nose for the and ball. He's always right kind of in the right place at the right time. He's also, t- I mean, he's tough. He's got a toughness yeah, to he's him. He's tough. Well. He's young. So, like, he's one of the prospects on our team that I look forward to seeing his career progress as a Bruin. I think he's going to be a four-year guy, and by the time he's done, you know, he's going to be... I mean, he's going to have a shot, like, you know... He'll it'll, have, be, it'll be interesting, because he is, you know, he's a he's a wing, he has decent size. He, I mean, he's what, he's got to be 6'6", six, six, right? He's probably 6'6", six, six, yeah, but I think he is, he's going to be a four-year guy, and when it's all said and done, he's going to have probably, you know, minutes played, and... and he'll have some records up there, so and I, I, he'll I, be among the leaders. He's going to be an all-Pac-12 player, I would assume... If not next year, definitely for his last two years, yeah. he'll be an All Pac-12 player for yeah. sure. Uh, second team, first team. Whatever well, it may be. I want to talk about Prince Ali's bounce back too. That mm-hmm. was another. Uh, I came in the game and I really wasn't expecting to see Prince a whole lot, mm-hmm. honestly, um, from what we've seen the previous few. And then he comes in and knocks down three threes in the first half, and just. Looked like a just he looked phenomenal. He looked great. Like when they he was on the court, they the Bruins looked really solid. But his offense dictates the the rest of the game for him. I think when he's making shots, he's engaged. He's he's yeah. he's locked into scouting reports. He knows what he's supposed to do. He's playing with energy. I think if he's not making shots, it tends to wear on him a little bit and it sidetracks him from his defensive coverages and what he's supposed to do he gets a little he gets some dumb fouls he gets frustrated and then you know if he's not making shots Cronin has a little bit shorter leash with him in terms of he's gonna take him out of the game quicker and I think that really uh affects uh Prince a lot as well so it's good to see him get going I think when his offense and he's making shots I think he's really uh effective for us and he uh I think that really boost our chances of coming away with a win because like i said we don't have a ton of scoring so anytime he could chip in 10 plus points for us um that helps us immensely yeah but overall top to bottom um all the players contributed and played hard 
um, regardless of their stats, it was it was a hard fought game. Mm-hmm. And it's been interesting to see what's going on with uh, Cody Riley and Jalen Hill. I feel like we were really high on them at the beginning of the year. I still am. It's just I feel like they've been struggling to kind of catch their rhythm and and really uh, be effective. Well, I think well teams are queuing to them a little bit too after seeing how productive they were early on in the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see a lot of double teams, a lot of digs, forcing the ball out. Um, teams are definitely harping on them and keying on I think, on like, you, at this point of the year, there's a, there's a lot of film. There's well, when, a lot you, of you know once you, get, once you get to conference, there's a lot of film. You're playing these teams you know, you know everyone's twice. Tendencies. You know everyone's tendencies. For example, like, we know Cody Riley wants to get to his left, yeah. left hand, his yeah. right shoulder. Yeah. Teams are queuing in on that and taking yeah. it away from him. We see him struggling and trying to counter that. And Jalen Hill is a guy who's really getting most of his points off of offensive rebounds and uh, – pick and roll so you're seeing him getting bumped in the lane not being allowed to finish over the rim and then you're seeing him getting blocked out on the uh, offensive glass uh quite a bit more yeah but that's where you know Jaime and uh Chris come into play mm-hmm. you know they've been they've been no I wouldn't say picking up the slack because I don't think those guys are slacking I just think they're taking advantage of the opportunities that are coming from the other team queuing in on our bigs mm-hmm I think also I think David uh, David Singleton's really stepped up for us and given us some really solid minutes. I mean, this is a guy who wasn't really playing at all early on in the well, year. Well, he's another three point shooting threat. Yes, and but he's I, tough. He that's what I'm saying. Like he knows he plays his role really well. He yeah. runs the like he comes in. He plays very efficiently on the offensive. He takes open shots. You don't see him um, necessarily taking a lot of bad shots. And then uh, defensively, he's solid. He's tough. So I think. I like him in the rotation. He's he's playing a lot more minutes than he was at the beginning of the year. I think he helps us out a lot. So uh, um, just giving some props to, to David for just being. It's hard on a player when you're not playing a lot and you're waiting your time. I think he's a guy who's kind of started, who's been uh, capitalizing on his opportunities. For the Buffs, though, um, you know Bay's a guy who uh, has been leading, who leads the league, or I think he still leads the league in rebounds. Yeah, uh, probably an undersized four. Very athletic, very bouncy. Um, you know, finished with 12 points and eight rebounds in 28 minutes. But I thought overall we did a relatively good job on him. I know he had a couple turnaround jumpers in the post that you're, Cronin uh, Cronin wasn't too pleased about. Yeah, because but in my mind, you're living with those. There's like you're living with turnaround jumpers from bigs. Yeah, you know that's something you'll if they're contested, that's fine. You know they go can't miss them all. You can't make them all. Like. You know, get the rebound and run. You know, next play. Yeah, we only allowed them seven offensive rebounds, which is which is great. I mean, if you can keep a team under, you know, ten ten a game, five each half, like you're doing, that that's you'll take that as a coach any any day of the week. Yeah. Um, and then you know, McKinley Wright. I thought for most of the game he was relatively quiet, especially the first half. We did a great job on him. He had a couple. Uh, you know, a couple points late in the game, but this is a guy who was averaging 15 points a game. Um, I thought Tiger did a really good job handling his pressure. He's kind of a, he's a bit of a bulldog on defense. He's yeah, undersized. I, I he gets him. in you. I liked him. Um, not only his ability to create offensively, but rarely do you see guys that are able to, you know, when Tiger gets going north to south and gets going downhill, that are able to recover and get in front of Tiger because Tiger's quick. Tiger's mm-hmm. fast. Um, I mean, this kid was hounding him all night long. And that's kind of been his mo all year. He's a you know he's a beast on both sides of the floor. 
I thought we did a pretty good job of keeping out of the him out of the paint and and making him a non-factor for most of the game. Um, but what I did see, you know, obviously with uh, Batie, I think I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. He's a he's a huge he's a he's a big kid, wide body. Um, he had his one of his better games of the year. Uh, but we where I thought it was. Uh, Evident where we were struggling was a lot of his pick and rolls. Our guards were were not coming over and bumping him, and he got a lot, he got a few and ones. He got a lot of he got his momentum going uh, towards the rim a little bit. I would have liked to seen our our weak side guard step in and either take a charge or uh, you know get a strip or a steal. Yeah, or in like a that. lot of pick and roll situations, that comes down to just you know weak side help side defense just awareness. Mm-hmm. Being able to see that guy rolling early and then meeting him outside the restricted area and taking a charge, you know, you see a big body like that, you should be, you know, you know, eyeing a charge as soon as you see that pick and roll happening on the strong side. But that's where you'll, you know, these younger guys will will learn and start to improve. But he did make some tough contested, you know, catch and finishes. Um, props to him for making tough plays, but at the end of the day, uh, we got the dub. And I thought we did a great job of not beating ourselves this game. I thought we played a, a relatively very complete 40 minutes, and we went 25 for 29 from the free throw line, which is awesome. That's that's huge. We shot what were eight, we? 25 for 29 okay. from the free throw line. Um, they were 23 for 31. Um, so that's the that's a huge difference right there. And obviously, like I said in the beginning, Chris Smith going 13 for 15, uh, our best free, uh, free throw shooter or one of them. Um, so we did a great job taking care of business at the free throw line, and that really, I think, helped us um, get the win. And before we move on to the Utah Utes, who we are hosting on Sunday, we just have a brief ad from one of our sponsors, My Bookie. My bookie, if you enjoy football and have a heartbeat, then you know what's coming, the Super Bowl. Want to make a bet on it? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. My bookie offers you the most up-to-date odds and a site that makes extra cash easy and fast. Football not your jam? No worries. My bookie got it all. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code, capital B-L-V, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code, capital B-L-V, to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Play, win, get paid. Okay, and now back to the Utah Utes who the UCLA Bruins will host on Sunday at 12 p.m., three hours before the Super Bowl, so that gives you plenty of time to tune into the game or go to the game and then catch the Super Bowl afterwards. The Utah Utes are currently 12-8 and with a 3-5 and mark in league games, so the Bruins have their work cut out for them. The Utes did beat Kentucky earlier on in the season, so they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, they're coming off a tough loss against SC where they lost by four. Um, again, they're led by a, a guy, uh, Timmy Allen, who I think is scoring right around 19 points a game. Uh, one of the leading scorers in the Pac-12. Also about eight rebounds a game. Yeah, exactly. So he, he's a pretty versatile. He plays four and three. Um, 
potentially, I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that matchup between him and Chris Smith. I think that's going to be a big-time matchup and one to watch uh, watch and, and look at. Also, their, their young guard, Ryland Jones, he's, uh, he's had some big games for them this year. I'm looking forward to seeing him and, and Tiger matchup as well. This is a Utah team that, again, plays, a, although younger, then uh, the Buffs, they play very similar in terms of they're, they're going to run their style. They're going to be very consistent, uh, kind of grinded out style of play. Expect a low-scoring game on and Sunday. And I also wouldn't be surprised if the Utes threw out some zone against the Bruins. Yeah, you know. I know back when we played, you know, still got the same head coach. Back in the day, we definitely see zone. Mm-hmm. Um, Very well coached. They're gonna have. They're gonna 20%. have a. Gr- they're gonna have a great game plan, regardless. Of, you know, they're really well coached. Um, they try to be very efficient. Not necessarily a great shooting team. Um, they really struggled against uh, SC, shooting twenty nine percent from three and thirty two percent over the course of that game. Um, but things to watch for. Like I said, the matchup between uh, Timmy Allen and Chris Smith and the matchup between uh, Ryland Jones and Tiger Campbell uh, at the point guard position. But it should be a good game. Um, you know, I'm, I don't think we're going to be expecting a very big sellout crowd considering it's uh, Super Bowl Sunday right before the game. But hopefully everyone tunes in to watch and show their support. No, because dude, it, you wake up, you tailgate a little bit, you go to the game... Um, and then that just leads you right into the Super Bowl. So, yeah. you know, make a nice little Sunday out of yeah, it. Yeah, sounds like a hell of a Sunday, especially if the Bruins are able to come out with a win. Uh, but, again, that'd be great to see uh, to see us come out with a dub. That would make us, what, three wins, three wins out of the last four games. So let's make that happen. Yeah, get on a little roll here. Uh, we just want to thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. Um, always a pleasure bringing you to the most up-to-date information about your UCLA Bruins. Um, just on behalf of Dave and I, uh, go Bruins and thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.